0: that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader new cars used cars electric cars maybe even flying cars okay no flying cars but as soon as they get invented they'll be on auto trader just you wait auto trader
1: the names behind the numbers the stories behind the names this is the her hoop stats podcast with john little
2: I was really looking for someone uh, to be more of a distributor than, than a bucket getter. She's just really ready to be pro. More size inside, more defense.
1: Um, brings a little swagger to her
3: game.
4: Uh, an unbelievable three-point shooter.
3: We think that she's the best player left on the board. You know, I thought about it a lot.
5: We're going to
1: take... The biggest newsmakers, the best storytellers, the Her Hoop Stats podcast. Here's your host, John Little.
6: Oh, this podcast is going to make you so mad. Welcome into the Hoop Stats Podcast. Thanks so much for being here. I'm John Little, your host. Great to have you with us, and we're doing something a little bit different this week. I hope you like it. I hope you are subscribing to the podcast on, well, wherever you get your podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, where you can drop that rating, you can drop that review, and we always appreciate that. might even read your review on the air, embarrass you a little bit. We have a fun, fun show today. Uh, Oh my gosh, what a great time we had putting this thing together. Uh, Middle of this last week, maybe even Thursday, had an idea. uh, Maybe we should do a mock draft. You know, just kind of get everybody together from Her Hoop Stats, anybody that wanted to be involved, and people could make picks, and we'll see where this thing goes for the first round. So that's what we did. And I've got to be honest, it turned out really well. I like the results. I know you will as well, and it's going to get you set for a big week of action in the WNBA. The draft is coming up on Friday, and we talked to Greg Bibb, the general manager of the Dallas Wings. If there is anybody that holds the power, unlimited cosmic power in this draft, it is Greg Bibb and the Dallas Wings. They've got four of the first nine picks. Here's why he likes having... All that uh, equity in this draft.
7: I made a decision some time ago, looking at the 2020 draft, thinking that it would be a talent-laden draft, particularly at the top end. To go ahead and really strategically try to aggregate as many assets relative to the draft as possible, rather than looking at players
6: who are currently in the league as potential assets in exchange for our our players. Greg Bibb, the general manager of the Dallas Wings. Uh, so he loaded up. He decided, hey, we're going all in on this 2020 draft. And you'll hear more from Greg. We've got an entire interview with uh, Mr. Bibb coming out a little bit later on in the week to get you set For the WNBA draft as well, so uh, that is coming out in short order. Uh, But that gets us set for what should be a lot of fun here. We assembled some of the best minds that the Her Hoop Stats team has to offer. We decided kind of split up the picks. Uh, A couple people have more than one pick. Uh, (laughs) Hey, Megan Gower plays the Dallas Wings in this, so she has four picks in the first round. So that's a lot of fun. Uh, and uh, a couple of people just, uh, you know, kind of took their, their favorite team and decided to run with it that way. So it, it worked out really well. And to even give it that extra kick, I created that, you know, that ESPN sounder when the pick is in. Yeah, that one. I created that on my uh, cell phone piano just for you. So hopefully whenever you hear that you can tune in and know that the next pick is on the way you're gonna love this this is a lot of fun let's see where it all goes the WNBA mock draft from Her Hoop Stats Aaron Barzilai the founder of Her Hoop Stats is on the line and the executive producer of this little program as well Aaron thank you so much for uh, being here how are you I am doing well. Thanks for having me on the big show. (laughs) The big show. (laughs) It's uh, it's it's good to have you. How are you getting along during this time?
7: We are uh, surviving, as I said. uh, And my family, we're watching a lot of disney plus and uh, trying to be productive of doing uh, as i mentioned to megan on one of our unplugged podcasts you know trying to do the homeschooling e-learning thing which i'm sure anyone that's listening that is not a parent is probably sick of all the parents complaining about uh but we're surviving it's uh we're here in new jersey and uh it's been the last couple of days but mostly been able to get out so i'm just at some level thankful this is all not happening in december That's a good point. At least
6: it's not 25 degrees outside. That's for
7: sure. Never a good good time for a pandemic, but uh, I think that uh, I'd rather it happen in spring.
6: Well, we thought we would do something fun this time. We thought we would, uh, you know, help everybody ramp up For the WNBA draft by doing our own little mock draft and not that we pretend we do have some experts on the staff. Let's let's be honest here. We've we've got some very smart people, but we're not all experts. So we'll see how this thing goes, you know, but it is really tough to get the number one pick (coughs) wrong this year, Aaron. So with the one one selection, who are the New York Liberty picking? Well,
7: uh, I've been thinking about it. We definitely uh, need a point guard, and uh, so, you know, there's a pretty obvious choice. Uh, And I wanted to confirm, Dr. Fauci is off the board. He's not eligible this year.
6: (laughs) Dr. Fauci, you know, he's got bigger things going on. I don't think he's going to be able to play – this year. And but at the same time, I bet he is going to be an overreaching part of every single one of the uh, sports leagues out there. So that's a that's a great point. I, with with a nod to Dr. Fauci, we will make him ineligible. Who are the New York Liberty picking?
7: <laughs> you know, we are going to take Sabrina Ionescu. Um, you know I thought about it a lot and uh, you know there is always the risk I think that a lot of uh, front offices you're always doing your due diligence so much of what you know fans I think we're you know just so excited for the potential of the players and what they're going to be you know general managers you know really need to think about really what the flaws are and try to be you know as realistic as possible Um, you know I do think there's a little bit of a risk that she's going to perceived as be perceived as the savior of the game Um, and I do think I think people need to remember something I always say actually about her website as well is that, you know, presumably her rookie season is going to be her worst season in the WNBA. And, you know, she's not going to be able to dominate in the way, uh, you know, on day one. I don't think that she has in college. And I do would also say that I am a strong, big fan of Satu Sabali. Um, you know, I just think she's got an amazing game, but I just don't see how you can go uh, with a pick other than Sabrina at this point. You know, there are people talk a little bit about the off the court stuff, but I was also doing a little uh, digging on her stats. Kind of one of the things that, uh, You know, I love about her that I don't think a lot of people realize she actually shot 59% um, from the field on two-point baskets this Mm. year. So, um, you know, she's not just bombing from deep, although those are great uh, stats. Uh, You know, she's really kind of raised her game uh, over the course of time. And then not only that, she, um, you know, her assist rate has just been amazing. And this year, she uh, had a career high while at Oregon. She actually assisted on 45% of the baskets that her teammates scored when she was on the floor, which was, um, I believe, second in the country. So, wow. and she's been, yeah, not only that, you know, she didn't, um, she wasn't quite as good as she's been lately as a freshman, but she's really been consistently amazing um, starting her sophomore year. She's actually had over 11 win shares, uh, which is uh, an advanced stat uh, Megan yeah, Megan Gower wrote a nice article about her and some of the other leading candidates in the country, and you know she had the most total windchill that she contributed this year at um 11.2, and she's actually been above 11 each of the last three seasons. So, you know, it's a little bit of a no-brainer. And you know, while you do want to do your due diligence, due diligence definitely going to go with Sabrina.
6: Now, of course, uh, we know she's right on the floor, but how does she help the Liberty when it comes to just? The the selling of tickets, you know, with her being the most popular figure in college basketball this last year on the women's or the men's side, how does it help from that aspect?
7: Well, I think it's going to be tremendous, right? She's obviously sort of transcended uh, women's college basketball. I think you definitely make the argument that she is the most famous men. Male or female college basketball player uh, this season. Last year, you know, she might have taken a backseat to Zion, uh, but not this year. And so I'm hoping that with all, you know, the Liberty have to be hoping that with, you know, the move to Brooklyn and whatnot, you know, fingers crossed we'll, we'll see some basketball this year, um, you know, that she's going to be a tremendous draw. You know, it's really interesting also to think about how it fits in with their depth chart. They signed uh, Clarendon, sort of the veteran, Clarendon, the veteran point guard. Uh, this season, so presumably, you know, she'll take on sort of a mentoring role and I think Sabrina's gonna need that. I think um, you know, there are probably questions about her or physical tools that people are going to want to see her prove compared to, you know, some of the other, the very quickest uh, point guards that are in the league, the very strongest point guards in the league. Um, and so, you know, I think they're going to be in pretty good shape with uh, going forward for the future with Serena, Asia Durr, they drafted last year, was a little bit uh, hamstrung by injuries, right? And Kia Nurse, whose game I definitely love. And then, you know, also one player that didn't get a lot of time on the Liberty, but I'm going to be interested to see how she uh, grows is marina Johannes as well i went to a couple of liberty games i was really struck by her game in the limited minutes she had so it'll be interesting to see how they can all kind of progress you know not just somehow over the summer uh with, with hopefully getting some game uh, games in but you know even uh 2021 and beyond
6: well, it's pretty exciting to see Sabrina Ionescu go number one overall, even if it is just our mock draft here. So, Aaron, thank you so much for uh, contributing in this way.
7: My pleasure. Thanks for having me. I will say um, I was reflecting as we started this exercise and you came up with this idea. Um, and it's kind of amazing uh, to think about it that you've been uh, you know, doing the podcast for almost a year now. And it's just been great. Uh, with tons of amazing guests and great conversations, so I have one challenge for you, John. Mm. How about we say we can see if by the time of the twenty twenty one draft we can have all twelve of the people that we select in our mock draft on the
6: podcast? Oh, I bet I bet we could figure that out somehow. I mean unless... some are more
7: challenging than others, yeah.
1: but.
6: I, I bet we could figure it out somehow. I, I like that challenge. Let's. Uh, I'll, I'll accept that challenge, and I'll at least see what kind of percentage that I can get to if I if I don't get 100%. Uh, let's, let's see if I can knock out, you know, 91.7% or something like that. We'll see. We'll see. I believe in Sabrina, and I believe in you. Oh. So looking forward to it. Thanks so much. All right, so Sabrina Inescu is off the board, and so that means we move on to the number two pick, the Dallas Wings have it. And for this first round, for these four picks in the first round, we're joined by our Megan Gower, who's going to represent uh, the Dallas Wings, do her best Greg Bibb impersonation. Megan, how are you?
5: Good. How are you, John?
6: I am awesome. Thank you so much. Really appreciate you uh, spending like all of your day uh, doing this today. So and I know Greg Bibb is paying close attention to what you're going to decide here, and uh, it's it's going to help him make his decisions. So uh, no pressure, no pressure at all. With the number 2 pick in the WNBA first-year player draft, who are the Dallas Wings taking?
5: We're taking Satu Sable from
6: Oregon. All right, so you go forward, you go Satu, you go the early um, entry draftee, the junior who has declared for the draft. Why did you pick Satu over Lauren Cox? That had to be what it came down to, right? right. Exactly. Yeah. I'm
5: pretty sure everyone would agree that second, third pick is probably a battle between Sobley and Cox. Um, I'm going with Sobley. I think she's probably the most pro ready player in the draft, in my opinion, at least. Um, obviously, a great year for her at Oregon next to Sabrina, at the number one pick there. But um, she's just a very versatile player, has a really unique skill set, extremely athletic Um, And just given her, you know, international experience before college and then her time at Oregon, she's just really
6: ready to be pro. She made the right decision, in my opinion, declaring this year she's ready for the next level. Okay, I think this is worthy of a little bit of a breakdown here. Uh, I think, uh, you know, obviously people think Lauren Cox is an extremely good player. Plus, she's from just down the road in Flower Mound, went to Baylor, but... If Greg Bibb and if the Wings choose to pass her up, it kind of makes me think back to, to last year when all the the rabid Iowa fans were really upset <laughs> when Megan Gustafson uh, got cut. Is there any way that if they don't take Lauren Cox at number two, it could backfire with the fandom?
5: I guess that's definitely a possibility, right? Like Lauren Cox is a hometown favorite. People would show out to come watch her play just because her time at Baylor, But I do think that Saboli's ceiling is a little bit higher than Cox's, and just her game is a little bit more versatile
6: and a little bit more interesting at the next level. All right. So it sounds like you have made your choice. I will ask this, um, Mr. Bibb, uh, with four <laughs> first-round picks, did you think at all uh, – obviously, we didn't do trading here, but <laughs> – Would you be one of those people that would try to load up all four of those first round picks or something like that? And would you be on the phone with New York this whole week trying to figure out if there's a way you can pry Sabrina from them? Or is it just uh, too tempting to have four of the first nine picks here? Yeah,
5: we didn't do trading, so I don't think I would be on the phone with New York necessarily for Sabrina. I think I'd be on the phone trying to get some vets. We've got a real young team right now, and it could use, you know, maybe some
6: a couple people with a little more experience. That's interesting. So thank you so much for the number two pick. That means that the two Oregon Ducks are off the board. Really appreciate it. Thank you, John. And we're now joined by Richard Cohen. He is playing the part of the Indiana Fever here in the first round. And with the Oregon duo off the board, we got... Sabrina Ionescu going number one overall and Satu Sabali going number two overall. (laughs) Richard Cohen is with us. Richard, where did the Indiana Fever go at number three?
3: Well, I think we go the same way that pretty much everyone you read on the internet has been predicting. We go go with Lauren Cox from Baylor. What do you like about uh, Lauren Cox? Obviously, uh, there's a lot of talent. I mean, she's going to provide more rebounding, more size inside, more defense, good passer from the high post. Hopefully she'll go back to shooting a little bit from the outside because obviously they've got a big centre in there already after drafting McCowan last year. So they'll want Cox to play outside a little to stretch the floor. But yeah, that basically cements their, their post presence for for the next decade, they hope, with McCowan and Cullen
6: Cox. I love it. Just a beautiful one-two punch. So, Richard, thank you so much for joining us from London today. This is now an international mock draft, which is definitely the first international mock draft I've ever done. So thank you, sir. Thank you. So, so far, we've got Sabrina Ionescu going number one overall to the Liberty. The Wings going with Satu Saboli, followed by Lauren Cox going to the Indiana Fever. And now at number four, we bring in Calvin Wetzel for the first time. Calvin, thank you so much for your time.
2: Yeah, definitely. Good to be with you with number four. I am going to go with Ty Harris from South Carolina. I feel like with the acquisitions uh, from the Sun uh, over the off season of Courtney Williams, Shaquina Strickland, obviously have some shooters on the wings, and really just looking for someone to uh, to get them the ball. Ty Harris is a great great distributor. Doesn't turn the ball
6: over. Uh, has great length and can really defend a lot of positions. So we go with Ty Harris how about that ty harris so you had an option to go kennedy carter there more of a combo guard maybe you could have gone with a a different point guard um in the end i I think i want to know about carter versus ty harris uh what what pushed ty harris over the edge for you
2: yeah you know i do like kennedy carter i'm not sure if i'm fully sold on on the hype i think she's uh She's a big time scorer. Uh, I'm not sure if that's what I'm looking for, though. I'm really looking for someone to run the offense. Um, and Courtney Williams, obviously, is a self described bucket. You know, she's gonna she's gonna be a big scorer, like I mentioned. Uh, I have some other other shooters around her, and, and Elizabeth Williams on the inside. So I was really looking for someone uh, to be more of a distributor than than a bucket getter uh, from this spot. So I think that's the biggest reason why I passed on Carter.
6: One thing Nikki Collin told us just a couple weeks ago is they were looking for you know, shooters and people that could shoot. Um, and it seems like Ty Harris improved in that way over the course of her career.
2: She did. Yeah. She's not a volume shooter like Kennedy Carter is, but she is capable She shot uh 38% last year from three pointers. So she can definitely knock them down when, when she gets the chance, which is something to keep defenses honest, you know? So that was another factor obviously as well. It's not like we're sacrificing a ton of efficiency shooting wise, Uh, by going with Ty Harris, but we are getting someone who who can really be a floor general for us.
6: All right. So Calvin giving us our first big upset of the first round. Ty Harris goes number four overall to the Atlanta Dream. Calvin, thank you. Thank you, John. Well, we're joined by Megan Gower again, and she is playing the part of the Dallas Wings in this mock draft. And I, I don't know. I mean, are you a little bit shocked here that you've got um, you know, all these players left on the board after Ty Harris was taken at, uh, at number four. How are you feeling heading into this fifth pick?
5: Feeling good. Definitely a more surprising fourth pick. So uh, keeping things interesting here. Um, feeling good.
6: Okay. Feeling good about it. Ready to go. So with the number five pick in the first round of the WNBA draft, who are the Dallas Wings selecting?
5: I'm taking Crystal Dangerfield from the University of Connecticut.
6: Whoa, Crystal Dangerfield. So we've got another point guard going off the board. That's what, three point guards now in the first round. Why do the Dallas Wings need Crystal Dangerfield?
5: Well, we need a point guard. I think that's the bigger. Um, storyline there we need a point guard and with Ty Harris already off the board we'll a wanted to make sure we get a good point guard with this pick so going with Dangerfield I think probably you know the expected pick here is probably Kennedy Carter right because she's still on the board unexpectedly at five but with Ergie Igubowale Marina Mabry Katie Lucy Samuelson and Carly Samuelson all the on Already on the roster, we maybe don't need
6: as many shooters, but we need someone to run the ball through all of them. So you think Carter is just a little too similar to Gunbowale to spend the number 5 pick, second consecutive year on a combo guard. You need a true distributor. Right, exactly. A true point guard. Okay, tell tell us about Dangerfield's game, because I know that uh, you have paid so much attention to her over the last uh, few years. So why do you like uh, Dangerfield?
5: Yeah, she's an excellent distributor, is really great at running an offense, um, and then also has that shooting ability as well. A really great three point shooter. But I think one of the things that stands out to me is looking back, actually, not at her numbers from this year, but last year she averaged uh, almost six assists per game, which is a pretty insane number. And that was, you know, with the likes of Katie Lou Samuelson and Nafisa Collier kind of anchoring UConn's offense and what she was able to run. the two of them as options I think is a really good indication of her ability at the next level
6: all right well this has already been a lot of fun maybe some zigs and zags here (laughs) in the first round so Megan thank you so much we'll be talking to you again in a couple picks thank you John so some surprises with the last two picks and that gives us an opportunity to check in with the Minnesota Lynx and their general manager and head coach and uh, just Cheryl Reeve has always been so great to us. Uh, she wasn't available for this one. Uh, she didn't want to go on the record. So she she tabbed Cindy Smith, the great Lynx fan uh, and uh, her hoop stats contributor to come in and make a pick instead. Hey, Cindy, how's it going?
1: It's going well, John. How are you?
6: I, I'm doing great. Uh, you've seen how this uh, this mock first round is going. How do the Lynx feel here at, at number six with some of these players left on the board. How are you feeling about it?
1: Yeah, oh, yeah, um, it's pretty exciting. Um, I did have some inside information from Cheryl that Sabrina Inescu would not be available with the six picks, so <laughs> I'm that into consideration. Kind of looking at the team situation, they're kind of in a state of flux at the guard position um, with Simone Augustus moving to the Sparks and uh, Odyssey Sims reportedly not playing this season. Um, uh, they did pick up Rachel Bannum from Connecticut, which uh, hometown hometown now uh, Gopher as well, which fans are pleased about that. But I still think they could use a little more help at guard. So uh, I am taking. Early draft declarer Kennedy Carter from Texas A&M.
6: Oh, yes, Kennedy Carter. So we thought she might go at four, thought she might go at five, didn't go either one of those places. How happy are the, the Lynx to have Kennedy Carter slide down to six?
1: Yeah, again, almost like last year with Nafisa Collier at the six pick, uh, we are very excited to have Kennedy Carter available for our, for our draft here. Just, you know, last year it was said with the sixth pick, yeah, there's five good players in the draft, and they ended up with the rookie of the year, and, you know, certainly a possibility again this year with the sixth pick, and Cheryl has publicly stated, yep, there's five good players in the draft, and we have the sixth player, but that's how she likes to set it up, and and, and I think she knows what she's doing behind the scenes anyway with that, with the the amount of players and who she can get.
6: Oh, no doubt. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, let's just talk about Kennedy Carter for a moment. What do you like about Kennedy Carter's game?
1: Uh, she's a scorer, scorer's mentality. Um, I think you know, last couple of seasons Cheryl has like had to had to encourage and coax people into shooting. Um, one thing she might want to work, you know, I could see improvement needed. You know, that Cheryl would want is to turn uh, reducing turnovers. She's a little high there, but otherwise, all around great player. Um, brings a little swagger to her game that that you know. Cheryl likes that as well, a little bit of a fire. And and I think she'd be a great teammate and has a lot, you know, great coaching staff and other great teammates to learn from and develop.
6: Yeah, definitely a stacked coaching staff for sure. And man, if they got Kennedy Carter at six, I know they'd be happy. Well, Cindy, thank you so much for the time. Really appreciate it. And congratulations on making such a good pick. Thank you, John. Well, back for the third time already in the first round is Megan Gower to talk about what the wings are going to do at number seven. And just to wrap back around and remind you what they did uh, with their second overall pick, uh, the Wings decided to go with Satu Sabali in our simulation, and then in the uh, with the number five pick, Crystal Dangerfield getting that point guard. Uh, so now, Megan, what are the Wings going to do at number seven?
5: We're going to take Bella Ellery from Princeton at number seven.
6: All right, tell us how Bella fits.
5: Yeah, I mean, we could use some size as well, so she's a really versatile um, big for the Wings to add to their roster um had obviously a great season at princeton this year um kind of really got herself on the national radar with that season but has been really good for princeton over the past three years so a great fit for the wings in the front court she's always been a good rebounder and a good defensive player but she's also got a pretty decent range of shots really a strong year overall for her with princeton she's a pretty efficient scorer And can handle the ball well, too. So just a
6: really good, all-around, versatile, big. Bella Allery is off the board at number seven. Thank you so much, Megan. Well, we are so privileged to be joined by uh, Ben Dull, our latest draft expert who's sliding on in here, the latest player to go off the board, Megan Gower, taking Bella Allery. And now that leaves us to Ben Dull, who is picking for the sky this time. Ben, thanks so much for joining us, man. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. All right. First of all, uh, what surprised you from this first round so far?
4: Well, Kennedy Carter falling all the way to six was a pretty big surprise to me. You know, the first line personally I draw is after three with mm. Sabrina Ionescu, Satu Sabali and Kennedy. I'm, I'm not. Con- I think there are some concerns where people see, oh, you know, should Kennedy pass more and all this stuff. I think that stuff's totally overblown. I think she kind of gets people. Kind of wanted to have it both ways with her this player that can push that Notre Dame team that we loved so much, right? They've got five players that made the league, not just get drafted. Mm -hmm. And she can go toe-to-toe with them in a game. And I just don't think you can have it both ways and then also kind of nitpick other moments when just she had that heavy lift all the time. And I think that just kind of was the reality of Texas A&M's team. But, you know, people people can certainly disagree with that if they saw it differently.
6: It's interesting, and it's going to be fun to see what actually goes down. Uh, when the real drafting happens on uh, on Friday, so for you right now, where are the Chicago Sky going with this number eight overall selection?
4: So this was tough. Once once we got to six, I was hoping Allery would fall. I have her as the fifth best fifth best player in this draft, but we're going to go with Beatrice Mom Premier out of Miami.
6: A lot of upside there. That's what I keep hearing about her. Is that kind of what you're seeing?
4: It's it's tough. That can be a loaded word, right? Right. I think. You know, mom premier transferred to Miami she had a really nice season obviously last year there were people wondering hey is she gonna come out early she's an interesting player to try to look at I think one you know the free-throw shooting is a huge concern the way she started out her career and then even last season she's at 58% taking about five of them a game that you know that, that's that's a problem for someone that you want to stretch out at least to 15 feet and we saw her shoot a few threes earlier in the season and and the foot injury this season really disrupted her. her season, obviously, and eliminated the chance to play a lot of her high-caliber conference opponents. But, yeah, in, in a way, I think there is some upside there. She can she can face up, and she's just really smooth. If she goes one dribble to the rim. She can run the floor really well. I guess the thought here is that for Chicago, in a way, you can say, hey, we're already too deep at every position. We're in a good position to, to let her ease her way in, and maybe we can... Really give her a chance to work on some of those things before she feels the pressure of having to play a lot. I think there is maybe a little risk that is maybe a little overlooked when we uh, kind of cast the, the upside
6: blanket. We love that word, it makes us feel smart. Is there anybody else that it kind of came down to for you? Mm-hmm. I, 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 who were you weighing her up against?
4: It was tough. There was kind of, we were approaching kind of where I had drawn a line kind of at the first 12 or 13 players, and, you know, Megan Walker out of UConn is one. I think one important thing with Chicago to remember is they've got Maria Conde, who was a a recent third round pick in the pipeline, and she's starting to look really good over in Europe. And you know, if people pull up some games of her on YouTube, I think you're gonna. She looks even better than Cecilia Dandolcini was before she came over to Minnesota. So that's that's someone you've got on the wing that's also kind of ready to step in. You know, Walker Walker was the big one. She's a three. You've got Diamond of Shields. You've got Gabby Williams in year three, where they're gonna have to make a decision on her and her role and just what kind of player she is after she was the backup point guard she was starting to start of a career you know what is she and they also just paid Kuya copper on the wing with all those factors going into it i think you know taking somebody up front they don't have a fifth big at the moment you know jantel lavender's a little older you know who knows what what the rest of their front court looks three four years from now so it's a little more worth it to kind of talk myself into the upside there
6: All right, Mom Premier is the pick. Hey, Ben, really appreciate it. We'll talk to you again at number 11. All righty. Thanks, John. And Megan Gower's been standing by, ready to play the part of Greg Bibb one more time in the first round. They've got four of the first nine picks, and so far a couple forwards and one point guard. And so Megan, with Mom Premier off the board now, Where does Dallas go with number 9?
5: We're going with Megan Walker from
6: UConn. Megan Walker. And I'm sure that does your UConn heart very good to (laughs) to see her still on the board. But uh, tell us about Megan, why she came out early this year, and why she is a good fit, not just for Dallas, but for any team that... uh, Tries to to pick her up in the first round.
5: Yeah, so no UConn bias for me. She's just, to me, the best, most versatile player left on the board at this point. So the most logical pick. But yeah, she came out early, which was obviously a big surprise, I think, to pretty much everyone. I think a lot of people thought she could benefit well from another year at UConn. But she had a great season for the Huskies, kind of led the way a lot for them this season. Has a really impressive three-point shot, but has also been starting to kind of gain some of that mid-range um that's like obviously her biggest area to work on on offense is that mid-range she's good under the basket she's good from beyond the arc she can add that mid-range game she's going to be a really really high ceiling player in the WNBA, and then of course also a good rebounder great defender she actually led the wooden award finalists or ballot i guess you should call it not finalists in defensive win this season so uh, really impressive season for Megan
6: well and and one thing the real Greg Bibb told us is that they are looking for some versatility and and Walker Mm -hmm. certainly can provide that as well Um, You know, you could probably see her, you know, two, three, four, I I would think, you know, just depending on situations, I I would think for them, right?
5: Yeah, exactly. She's one of those players that kind of has a unique skill set that allows her to play in a few different positions, which will
6: definitely provide Dallas with some versatility. Awesome. Well, Megan, great job today. You worked overtime and we really appreciate it. (laughs) Thanks, John. And that moves us on to the number 10 pick, the Phoenix Mercury. And sliding in to talk about it with us is Calvin Wetzel. And Calvin, I, there are still some very recognizable players on the board, some, some great players. Where are you going at number 10 here?
2: With the 10th pick, I am actually going to take Kiki Herbert-Harrigan from uh, South Carolina. I think uh, she's going to be a great understudy on the defensive end to, to Brittany Greiner on the inside. Uh, and she can also step out and hit the three. Over 40% each of the last two years, so she'll be able to provide another presence uh, off the bench in terms of a rim protector without necessarily clogging up the offense. My uh, alter ego over in Atlanta took Ty Harris, so maybe it's just something about Dawn Staley as a player developer as well, but uh, I really like Kiki Herbert-Arrigan
6: maybe it is uh that uh, that is really interesting that uh that the two south carolina senior starters uh go there and coach Stanley did see a lot of development in her motor over the course of this last season just said she she got in better shape and you got to be in in great shape to play in the w for
2: sure absolutely and she's going to be playing with you know uh, dana Tarasi and skylar diggins smith so uh she'll have a lot of you know a lot of pieces around her right away um and and a lot to learn from with uh, BG, like I said. So uh, so definitely it'll be a good, good situation for her, I think, and a good situation for us, too.
6: Well, that is how you do it. Hey, Calvin, thank you so much for the help.
2: Thank you, John. Appreciate right.
6: it. Well, with that, we make it on to the number 11 pick in the first round. The Seattle Storm are up, and Ben Dull is back with us. He helped us with the Sky Pick a little while ago. Uh, so, Ben, where are you leaning with this number 11 pick for the Storm?
4: For Seattle, I'm leaning towards Kit Laksa, and that's who I'm going to take. Played collegiately at USF. She liked to go play overseas this past season. She tore her ACL early in her final season at USF. An unbelievable three-point shooter. The way she can hit shots on the move. Obviously, Seattle's done really well these last couple of years with Sammy Whitcomb and then Kalina Mosqueda-Lewis, who got traded to Connecticut, but they've done a really good job with those shooters plugging them in and making sure that they're involved in the offense and that they're doing more than just standing there, you know, and waiting for open shots to come to them. So I think uh, somebody like that, there might not be a, a easy avenue to playing time right away, but I think a shooter that good, I think, you know, Seattle's gonna have some interesting decisions to make with how they kind of make everything fit and they may have to move on from some players, but that's so what I think Laxa maybe two, three years from now, they may have a need and that's that's a really good shooter that they can they can really uh, plug in.
6: Is she one of those players that you know might be a player that could go you know, like you said at the end of the first round here, but then it might even see her slip into to like a third round range? Is it is it one of those players that just you don't really know where they're going to go or, or who likes them? I, I guess that's just kind of who it comes down to is which team really is in love with her?
4: Yeah, I think I think we're kind of at a point here right now where you're kind of looking at that where it's just you know all these teams right every year after year it's they probably have 10 if not 11 or 12 players that you kind of look at the roster like yeah you know they're probably all making the team so it's just it's really tough and it'll really come down to you know you've moved past the points where there's more consensus and it's just okay do we want to look at them do we really think they have a shot you know there's one specific skill that we might really want that even might have a remote shot to to compete with how, we're kind of, how teams are kind of looking at their final spots.
6: And everybody's got to have shooters, that's for sure. Ben, thank you so much for uh, pitching in with this. We really appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Well, we've come down to not the final pick of the draft, but definitely the final pick of the first round and our exercise. And so we bring in the champion Washington Mystics now playing the part of Coach Tebow, uh, you know, flashing that ring as they walk into the room is our own Jen Hatfield. Jen, how are you doing?
3: I'm great. Thanks for having me.
6: (laughs) Thanks so much for being here. So uh, you've got some talent left on the board at 12, as you as you might think, but uh, who are you guys going with at number 12?
3: The Washington Mystics are going to go with Ruthie Hebert out of Oregon. Um, we didn't think that she was necessarily going to be available, but we think that she's the best player left on the board, and she also really fills a hole for the Mystics um, as a backup to LaToya Sanders. And a bigger backup at that to be able to help the Mystics defend players like Liz Cambage and Brittany Greiner, who they struggled with last year. So she really fills that need for them and, and they don't need her to be an outside shooter or anything else that she's not just her strengths really fit in well for them at that backup position. But it was definitely a hard pick. It, it came down actually between her and her civil war rival, Michaela Pivik. Um But like I said, I think Ruthie is the best talent left on the board, and and the Mystics can really plug her in behind and eventually to replace Latoya Sanders after she retires.
6: Hmm. I like the pick. I like the pick a lot. Um, what uh, stood out to you about Michaela to possibly be an option there as well?
3: Michaela is just a really smart player. She's versatile. She can run the point um, if they need her to. She's a shooter. She rebounds really well, which is something that the Mystics would would definitely love. She's just a smart player who I think Coach Thiebaud would really like. It's it's hard to think of a coach who wouldn't want to draft Michaela pivic right? Um, but she's just got that high IQ and, and could really step in as, as probably a backup guard for them playing multiple positions and, you know, helping them off the bench in more ways than
6: one. Well, it shows how deep this draft is and so many interesting players that uh, other people thought it was better to go with uh, other players than those two. So you had uh, your your selection there at number 12 and you go with Ruthie Heber. Jen, thank you so much for the time. Really appreciate it. Absolutely. How fun was that? Our mock draft for the WNBA. The first round, at least. Um, Yeah, that would have taken a while had we done all three rounds. Hey, maybe that's a project for next year, but I appreciate everybody that was involved in it. So again, here's how it went down. The Liberty takes Sabrina Unescu, number one overall. The Wings going with Satu Sable at number two. Indiana Fever come back with Lauren Cox, the Baylor great, and then at number four, the Atlanta Dream take the distributor, Ty Harris, followed by the Wings also going point guard and getting Crystal Dangerfield. The Lynx at number six, Kennedy Carter drops right in their laps, and they love it. At number seven, Bella Allery goes to the Wings. The Sky at number eight. Take uh, Beatrice Monpremier and the Wings with Megan Walker at number nine, followed by uh, number ten Kiki Herbert Harrigan going to the Mercury. Number eleven Kit Laksa. See how the shooter does in Seattle. And with the number 12 pick, Ruthie Hebert, the great Oregon player, makes it three ducks in the first round. Number 12 to the Washington Mystics. So fun. Like we said before, Greg Bibb, the general manager of the Dallas Wings, is our next guest, and that's going to be coming out uh, this week as well. So you'll enjoy that conversation. That'll help you get Loaded up for this draft, and let's just let's just enjoy this week. I, I know there are so many bigger things going on in this world, and, and that's what we've got to to say uh, leading into everything. And don't I know it? My day job is talking about coronavirus basically for six hours a day. I'm a news anchor on News Radio 1080 KRLD in Dallas. Uh, I'm talking about the local impact. I'm talking about the global impact, the national impact of coronavirus. And it weighs on me, just like it weighs on you. And I think it's okay uh, for us to want to be distracted by something during this time. And isn't it great that the WNBA draft, the virtual draft, is happening on Friday. And we've got a little chance for just a touch of distraction uh, during this very tough time. So make sure to tune in on ESPN on Friday and see how close we got to what we said the first round was going to be like. Thanks so much to everybody that was involved in this podcast, and it is a laundry list this time, isn't it? That includes Her Hoop Stats contributors Ben Dull, Megan Gower, Calvin Wetzel, Jen Hatfield, Cindy Smith, and Richard Cohen. The executive producer of the Her Hoop Stats podcast and the man responsible for taking Sabrina at number one is Aaron Barzilai. Our music by Jared Deck, JaredDeckMusic.com. Also, Thanks so much to Susie Solis, our announcer. I'm John Little, reminding you at the Her Hoop Stats podcast, we are unlocking better insight about the women's game.
5: Her Hoop Stats. Let's jump into Peppa's
0: world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig. Inspiring kid confidence.